Sometimes as a parent, when your child wants to discuss something difficult that's happening in their world or that they're feeling or that they see in the culture, your first reaction might be to shrink back in fear. But those moments are an opportunity to engage your son or daughter with truth. I'm John Fuller, joined by my focus colleague, Dr. Danny Huerta. And Danny, kids, um, if they don't feel like they can talk about hard topics with mom or dad, where do they turn? Yeah, uh, not the newspaper. Uh, they usually go to the fr- their friends, uh, social media. TikTok. TikTok. They, they mm. go to wherever they find is trustworthy for them. And many times they've developed relationships with friends, or maybe it's uh, through social media. They have a certain number of people they follow. Mm. And so those are the people that they're going to listen to. Maybe at some point it's a teacher, a coach, a youth pastor that they have developed a, a relationship with because of something they're interested in, whether it be the church or a sport that they're in. And that, that would be fantastic if they can get that kind of life-giving mentorship. Usually, though, it's friends that are still trying to also figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I remember Dr. Dobson used to talk about how he prayed for his kids when they hit 14, 15, 16, for godly men and women to be in their path to guide them yes. at those moments. I don't think our kids are going to want to bring everything to us. So that's not a bad idea. Pray for your children to have somebody trustworthy to step in. Let's go ahead and hear more, a little bit about these uh, fragile teen years and kids and their quest for answers. Uh, Jim Daly spoke with David Kinneman and Mark Matlock, and they're passionate about working with the next generation. Let's move to the, the second practice of these resilient Christians, a cultural discernment. And David, I want to come right back to you because you have a story about your friend Seth who discovered that his daughter was searching the internet for depression. And this is really close to my heart. Here in El Paso County, the high school that our boys have gone to, along with a few other high schools in the area, have had a uh, just this terrible increase in teen suicide. And, you know, the whole uh, country is grappling with that. But yeah. this this example really caught my attention. What happened to your friend Seth, and what's the larger significance under this cultural discernment piece? He's a great friend of mine. I planted a church uh, from the, the West Coast of California to a, a brand new city and uh, new cultural context, all sorts of change that their family went through. And um, and so he's, he told me how his daughter, he found the search results that were, you know, like signs I'm depressed and how to, you know, how to think about the depression and anxiety she was experiencing. And, and his heart dropped because he realized that he had not been there for her. Mm. And I tried to reassure him. I said, that's just an example of where screens are discipling. Um, one of the convictions and conclusions of this study is that screens disciple. Well, how do we use that? So first, you know, we have to be active and engaged in the lives of, of the young people that are in our lives, our own kids and grandkids. Friends uh, of our kids. That's right. Especially now, we have to be people who are willing to help understand and, and live into the anxiety of this generation. And, and you raise this when you talk about suicide. There's all sorts of social research now that's showing this generation is just under assault when it comes to depression, suicide, mental health issues. The good news of this is this generation is very open and willing to talk about it. They're open and willing to have counseling and and mental health support and mental health days. Yeah. Uh, how can the church really minister in an age of anxiety? How can we as parents, you know, just sort of acknowledge, yeah, this is an anxious time, especially now during coronavirus. Yeah. Um, you, you know, everyone's lives are disrupted, and so are our kids, especially so. Let me let me put some parameters around that. The CDC, you know, just a while back released a report that they did, and they found that 25.5% of people 18 to 25 
had experienced uh, suicide ideation or serious thoughts of suicide in the last six months. That's a group of 30 million people. So 25% is 7.5 million people between the ages of 18 and 25 that have had suicide, serious suicidal thoughts. That should alarm all of us. What is going on? And we need to uh, find a way, especially as Christians and believers, that God is the giver of life, that this is a gift for us to experience. Well, you know, when you think about this idea of cultural discernment um, in digital Babylon, we've got basically teenagers that are sitting in front of screens. And once again, we're not anti-screen, but we just need to be mindful of what's happening there. They're taking in narratives. They're taking in stories about a world that's been created without God most of the time. And so the only reference that they have to deal with some of their problems are in a way that doesn't include God. So one of the questions that I would ask my kids when we would listen to music, when we would watch a television show, even something really innocent like the Brady Bunch, okay, on on reruns, is where is God in this? Right. And that was a question. My kids will tell you, oh, my gosh, Dad asked me the incredible, you know, they know the questions. (laughs) But that was one of them. I I share some others in the book. But the, the, the question about where is God gets them thinking, where is God in this? Especially I had young creatives. So when we go to museums and things, I'd ask them those questions. What does this tell us about God? What does this tell us about their perception of humanity? Getting them thinking about that and discerning culture through the lens of God's presence and his engagement in our world, um, that is a real important thing when it comes to that feeling of isolation and loneliness, asking themselves a question, where is God right now? Yeah, and that's a great reminder. Sometimes the challenge can be as parents, we get the, oh, dad, response, right? right? But plug ahead. Keep That's asking right. the question. Love the eye roll. It, yeah. <laughs> Lean into it. <laughs> it does make an impact on young people. Even your consistency in asking that question communicates a conviction on your end. Well, you know, when, when Mike Brady's, you know, trying to solve the family problem there, <laughs> right? And I'm, I know this is a real throwback, but we watched a lot of reruns because uh, I love classic television. Hey, I watched the originals. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember, though, you know, when they're solving their problem, and I go, where is God in this? And my kids are like, well, they're just solving their problems. I go, but no, they're not looking to scripture. They're not praying together right. as a family. They're working out this problem in 26 minutes, you know, <laughs> minus commercial. Right. So it's like, you know, is this reality here? You know, because what we would do in our home is we would look at the word of God. We would pray and ask God to help us mm. have peace between us if we're in conflict. And so by doing that, it helped them understand and see there's a world that exists that doesn't include God, but that's not the world that I live in. Danny, I love that question that Mark asked his kids. Where is God in this? What are some other questions that we can ask when our kids are engaging in conversation with us about things they see going on in the world? Well, it's important to look at what Mark suggested there, looking for that biblical worldview in something. Where is God in this and what does he see in, in the moment? As we're consuming things, we want to ask the question, what what momentum, what's, what's being created inside of you as you consume this? As you take this news in, as you watch this movie, what is, what is taking place inside of you? Because that's the important part. Is it triggering you? Is it creating temptation? Is it, uh, is it creating anxiety for you? Is it creating more depression? Only you will know. And so for teenagers, they need to be self-aware of that. Hmm. What does this create inside of you? And so why would you choose that for yourself? It's a lot of things that we consume are neither good or bad. 
uh, in, in certain circumstances, yeah. yet something that may seem mundane may be a huge trigger with a memory or something else that a person's struggling with. So it's important to enter uh, those conversations with your kids. Ask them, what grabs your attention? And why does that grab your attention over other things? Why is that so interesting to you? Mm. I want to get to know you better. Uh, it's interesting to me that you're interested in that. Yeah. And so help me yeah. help me. Yeah. By the way, I've been guilty of kind of dismissing some of the things that my kids were interested in. And I just kind of wrote it off like, whatever. But I've, <laughs> I've learned to press on through that awkwardness, through that, I really don't like this, to find those moments that they say, oh, this, this is why I like this. Yes, and when you're, when you're right at the edge of that entertainment or culture that's iffy and you're having uh, deeper worldview conversations with your teens, it's important to ask questions before you just squash things, mm-hmm. to get to know them. And maybe it's, what message do you think you're hearing through this, and why would I be concerned as a parent? Since I love you and would die for you, this isn't about controlling you. This is about making sure I guide you well and fulfill my role mm as your mom or dad in a, in a good way, in a way that I want to remember. Yeah. And so lean in there with me, right? And uh, just know each uh, child, you're going to have different unique questions that you'll learn along the way. And it's about getting to know your kids, not mm-hmm. being perfect. Good perspectives from Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire conversation that uh, Jim and I had with David and Mark is available as a free download. We're going to link over to that in the episode notes so you can listen in. And the book from Mark and David is a great resource for you to go along through with, read with your teen son or daughter. It's called Faith for Exiles, and we're making that available when you donate to the ministry of Focus on the Family. Uh, Make a one-time gift or uh, sign up for a monthly pledge, which allows us to kind of weather the economic storms. Donate today uh, any amount, and we'll send that book to you. The show notes have all the details. Next time, Jody Burnt describes how she prayed for her children's future spouses. And uh, for now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Good parents aren't perfect, and that's okay. But there are ways you can grow every day. Focus on the Family's Seven Traits of Effective Parenting Assessment gives parents an honest look at their unique strengths plus some areas they could use a little help. Every mom and dad can help raise the next generation of healthy, mature, and responsible children. And this assessment will help get you started. Take the assessment at focusonthefamily.com slash seven trades. That's focusonthefamily.com slash seven trades.